Amen. We sing about our Savior because he died for our sins. I'm so glad I'm not going to get what I deserve. (laughs) He's forgiven me of that. And what a blessing that is. You know, folks, if, uh, if I give you the truth this morning, will you accept it? If I give you the truth from God's word, will you accept it? Will you receive it? Will you believe it? Because a lot of times we hear the truth and we don't want to hear the truth. But you know that I love you. You know that I care about you. You know that I care enough about you to tell you the truth. And to me that's important because if I don't tell you the truth, then what have I done? See, I haven't been obedient to my Lord and Master if I've not spoken the truth. But you see... When we hear the truth, we have to respond to it and we have to react. We have to receive it. Because the truth has the ability to transform us and change us for all eternity. It's a beautiful thing. You know, if we read the clues in our culture, you know, Hollywood Christmas stories, you know, the the television is full of them. The tele, you know, you, you see all these stories, you, 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 you recognize the Christmas cards and, and even some sermons. It becomes apparent that the meaning of Christmas has become something other than what it truly is. See, Christmas is projected in our society as the celebration of love, of generosity, of benevolence, of kindness, of brotherhood and family bonding. Of people loving other people. And the meaning of Christmas according to that way of thinking is kind of what I want to call a hallmark sentimentality. You know, the warm fuzzies that you get when you you just feel good on the inside. But I want to tell you something. The true meaning of Christmas is not about human beings loving other human beings. The true meaning of Christmas is about God loving people. It's about God loving people. It's about God giving the most amazing and spectacular gift to humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting Life. See, it's an amazing thing that God has done. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, and if you would turn there with me. And uh, we're going to read in verse 4, following down through 14. Read with me in Luke chapter 2. Beginning in verse 4, it says, Joseph... Also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. 
While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you once again for the opportunity to worship. And we thank you that we've been called out of darkness into the light to be together as a body, to be living for and worshiping you. And so, Father, we come. We come today bringing our trials, bringing our brokenness, people from many different backgrounds from many different places. But we come together in this place to worship you. We bring our pains, we bring our sorrows, we bring our joys. We ask, Father, that you would bless us. We ask, Father, that you would teach us. We ask, Father, that you would challenge us. God, we ask that you would fill us. Open our eyes, Father, that we might see you. That we might see Jesus. Father, that your Holy Spirit could come and fill us. And Lord, we ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You know, what is this? Peace that the angels declare and proclaim in this passage of Scripture. I mean, what is this peace that day after day after day after day that we, we, we hear about during Advent season? I mean, what is this Christmas peace? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. It's not chestnuts roasting on an open fire and Jack Frost nipping at your nose. That's not what it's about. See, we could look at this passage from several different angles, but I want to focus today on, on, on one angle in, in, uh, specifically and on the great words of Christmas. That word, peace. Peace. What is peace? You know, it's like the little boy and girl who were singing in their, their favorite Christmas carol in church and, and, and Sunday, and, and they, they were ending the, 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 the song, Silent Night. And he concluded it. He said, sleep in heavenly beings. She elbowed him, and she said, it's, 
It's not beans, it's peas. I mean, the way many of us feel by the time we get to uh, get finished getting ready for Christmas, it might as well be beans and peas. Because we have that instead of peace. And because many times there's this frantic rush to get everything done before Christmas. The peace of the season seems to elude us. We don't have it. And we live in a world that is looking for peace. Oh, we, we live in a jacked up world. Things are awry. And most of us are familiar with, with tension. Most of us are familiar with stress. Most of us are familiar with anxiety more than we are with peace. Lack of peace is the result of our complex, accelerated Stressed out world. But you need to understand something today. That peace is an inside job. Peace comes from the inside out. Not from the outside in. Peace begins in here. See many people are disconnected from peace. They're disconnected from peace on one of three, for one of three reasons. And, and the first one is because of sin. They're disconnected from peace because of sin. You know, that loss of peace with God. But they're also disconnected from peace because of stress. You know, that loss of peace with ourself causes that stress. We're not peaceful on the inside, so we're, we're stressed out. And we're also disconnected from peace because of conflict. Because of conflict between other people. There's a, there's a loss of peace with others. See, that's the bad news. Aren't you glad I gave you the bad news first? Because now we have good news. See, people everywhere are disconnected from peace. And it's obvious that they are disconnected from peace because only people who are disconnected from peace would do what the the people in our society are doing. The people in our nation are doing. The people in our homes are doing. The people in our families. It's because we're disconnected from peace. See, the great prophet Isaiah, he looked forward by the help of the Holy Spirit and he gave gracious, descriptive titles to the Messiah. You remember this passage, this Messiah who would come in the distant future. It's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. I love that. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Eternal Father. Prince of Peace. See, the good news is that God has an answer in the forms of one of His names. Jehovah Shalom. The God of Peace. He desires to come into the brokenness 
the broken lives of our community, of our families, of our homes. He desires to come in and abide. See, one of the most significant words of Christmas, which is good news of great joy, is that there is peace. That Jesus comes to earth to bring peace. I love that. See, the parts of people everywhere are hungry for peace. And many people pray for peace. And some have wondered when Jesus is going to to usher that in. They've wondered when will Jesus Christ bring peace. And maybe we've thought that, well, he will do that at the end of the age when he returns back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That someday he's going to usher in peace. And to take that position is to misunderstand the nature of true peace and the character of the peace that he brings to the human heart. If we're merely waiting for peace, then maybe our relationship with God is not what we think it is. You see, Jesus said it this way in John 14. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You remember after his resurrection in John chapter 20, when Jesus came to the disciples, three different times that he addressed the disciples, each time he said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. See, he does come to us. And with him comes peace. He's the prince of peace. See, the Hebrew word translated peace is shalom. And it's used to describe the health and the well-being of individuals. It's used to describe what we call true prosperity. Not just the things that money can buy... But the the peace that comes from within, it describes a condition of harmony that exists where there is an absence of war. You know, apart from Christ, we are at war with God. But in Jesus Christ, He is our peace. See, peace is that condition that prevails when everything is solid, everything is sound, everything is stable and dependable and reliable. And the term shalom is used to describe the experiences of our salvation. Think about this. Where we have health and we have prosperity and we have well-being and we have long life. (laughs) When Jesus brings that to us, we have eternal life. A life without ending. We have the riches of heaven. We have the total prosperity. Because all of that belongs to us as a child of God. See, the result of that, that peace, that shalom, is joy and blessing that only comes from doing God's will. Ray Ortland, he encouraged us... In this, he says, set no limits where God himself sets no limits. I like that. It's not possible to have too much grace or too much peace. That's beautiful. 
Because that's what we desire. More grace and more peace. There's an old proverb that says this. It says, when there is righteousness in the heart, there is beauty of character. When there is beauty of character, there is honor in the home. When there is honor in the home, there is order in society. And when there is order in society, there is peace in the world. When I say it's great news, it's good news of great joy, it is because what follows, what follows this character of heart, the righteousness in the heart, is peace in the world. See, that's what Jesus brings. See, where there is an absence of shalom, this soundness, this integrity of, of personal character, and in those relationships, there is defeat, there is disunity, there is distrust, there is alienation, there is poverty, and there is misery. But listen, it is God who brings and is the giver of shalom. It is God who is the giver of shalom. See, in the Old Testament, the, the, this concept was associated as well with material prosperity as well as spiritual well-being. They go together. Peace could not be enjoyed for those who walked away from God, who turned their back on Him and walked away in stubbornness and rebellion and in self-destruction. Folks, we see that all around us, and we know that it's true. Listen, God cannot give peace to one who is unwilling to walk in faith and faithfulness. The problems that keep us up at night, the things that keep us Awake, the things that don't allow us for the peace that God wants us to have is because of our lack of faithfulness, our lack of trust in Him. See, Jesus Christ as the Prince of Peace, He came into the world to help us enter into a relationship with God and with others and with ourselves so that we can enjoy this precious gift of shalom. I mean, to enjoy peace is to be in harmony with God and with others and with self. You know, there's some aspects of this peace that Christ gives, and I want to quickly go over them. It's the fact that Christ gives us the peace of a clean heart. When you have a clean heart, your heart is at peace. I mean, Christ came as a sacrificial lamb of God to take away our sin. And he died on the cross so that we would not be under the penalty of sin. But he took that upon himself. He took the penalty of our sin upon himself so he could save us from that condemnation and from hell. He came to give us the peace of a clean heart. See, as the Lord of life, he offers us forgiveness, forgiveness of sin that is, that is free, that is full, that is forever. By his sacrificial death on the cross, he's made it possible for us to be cleansed from all sin. I love this. Over in 1 John 1, verse 7 and following says, But if we walk in the light, 
as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. See, he gives us the peace of a clean heart. I love that. Christ also gives us the peace of a right relationship with God. You know, until people enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, with, through, through Jesus Christ with the Father, they experience broken and shattered relationships. It's kind of like having a broken bone or a bone that is dislocated from the joint. We're broken that way in our relationships until Jesus comes in. You see, we don't have national, we don't have political, and we don't have international peace. And we don't even have the inner peace that we long for, that we want so badly. We suffer. We're in pain and we hurt. And we are rejected. And so we make others suffer and we make others hurt. See, people stand in desperate need of entering into this relationship with God. Because that relationship with God brings inner peace. I mean, to receive Christ as our Savior and Lord in our heart means that we are reborn. We call it the rebirth. We are reborn into this child-father relationship with Almighty God. It's because of our rebirth that this happens. I mean, John 1.12 says, But as many as received Him... To them he gave the right. He gave the right to be called children of God. Even those who believe in his name. But as many as received him. You see, we must enter into that faith relationship with God. So that we can then be declared acceptable by God. Justified by faith. And this happens through our faith in Jesus Christ. We receive the peace that God brings. Romans 5.1 tells us this. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If we don't have peace in our life, maybe we've not been justified by God. Maybe we're still waiting for that. Maybe we've not received his son. Because we understand that in this relationship with God, we love him because he first loved us. We didn't deserve it. We were still sinners and Christ demonstrated his love for us. God gave us his son. Christ also gives us the peace of a spirit-controlled life. The Lamb of God who came to take away the guilt of our sin. He comes to us in the Spirit to be the Lord of our life. And He delivers us from the power of sin. We've been delivered from the penalty of sin. And we've also been delivered from the power of sin. And someday we're going to be delivered from the presence of sin. That's a marvelous truth. 
D.L. Moody put it this way. He said, a great many people are trying to make peace. But that's already been done. God has not left it for us to do. All we have to do is enter into it. It's already there. Because until we are controlled by the Holy Spirit, we cannot have peace. It's only when we let the Lord of love reign in our hearts that we begin to experience the true peace that God has for us. I'm reminded of that Peanuts cartoon where Lucy is talking to Charlie Brown and she says, I hate everyone. I hate everybody. I hate the whole wide world. And Charlie says, but, but I thought you had inner peace. And she says, I do have inner peace, but I still have outer obnoxiousness. That's it. That's our problem, isn't it? We have outer obnoxiousness. And what we need to understand is that Christ gives to us the peace of a proper attitude towards others. Even when we sense that obnoxiousness. See, this new attitude is implied and to be implemented by a commandment. In John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Oh, that great inward peace that comes when we relate to others with that unconditional love. We know that we've loved them like Jesus loves them. See, Christ also gives us the peace of a worthy purpose for living. I mean, many people are anxious about their reason for living, for being. And Jesus encourages us to, to let God do his works in us so that others would be able to, to see God by the works that we do in our lives. They would recognize the presence of God in our lives. And they will come to know God by your actions, by your attitude, by the way you respond to others. They will come to know who God is. See, God brings peace into our life. And in a world that, where there is no peace, that's going to stand out. People are going to see that. Christ gives us the peace of adequate reserves in all situations. Paul speaks of a sense of adequacy that comes as a result of his relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, how did he put it in Philippians 4.13? He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, we have all of his strength as well. But you need to understand that Christ, Jesus Christ, offers you the peace of forgiveness that is full, that is free, that is forever. I mean, this morning, I bring you good news of great joy. This word of peace, he brings you peace. The peace of belonging to our Heavenly Father. The peace of being a part of the family of God. Jesus offers the peace of partnership 
in fellowship with his great work that he is working all over this world. Bringing love and bringing mercy. Bringing grace. Bringing truth. Bringing peace into people's lives. See, Jesus offers the peace of his perfect provisions. Not only now. Not only today. But also in the future. I mean, Jesus told his disciples before he was going to depart and return to heaven. He told them, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my father's house are are many dwelling places, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and receive you again unto myself. So that where I am, there you may be also. He made provisions for now. But he also made provisions for the future. See, I love that. I love that. You need to write this down. Peace floods the soul when Christ rules the heart. Peace floods the soul when Christ rules the heart. You see, Jesus Christ, he he brings peace to our hearts. And he came so that peace on earth among men of goodwill is a possibility. Not only now, but for all eternity. So I ask you this question, are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with others? Are you at peace with yourself? See, this new attitude is implied. It's implemented. And you'll never know this peace if you just flirt with Christianity If you just play games with God, if you just dabble in in going to church, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We will never be at peace with God, with others, or with ourselves if we're just playing games and not really getting involved with Him. See, it's only... When we've surrendered ourselves to God. When we've surrendered ourselves to God. That he can come in. And fill the emptiness. That is in our lives. It's only when we submit ourselves and surrender to him. It's only then that peace comes. Peace floods the soul. When Christ Rules the heart. See that old hymn that we sing at this time of year. O little town of Bethlehem. If you listen to the words. It's telling us the truth. It says where meek souls will. Receive him still. The dear Christ enters in. That all hinges on the word will. Where meek souls will receive him still. Did you catch it? It's a matter of your will. 
It's a matter of you deciding, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. See, this morning, if you still find yourself fighting the battles of life, if you still find yourself at war with yourself or with others, the good news of Christmas, the good news of great joy, is that Jesus Christ comes to bring peace to you. To each one of us. Peace to our homes. Peace to our lives. Peace to our families. Peace to our churches and to our communities and to our nation. But it begins in your heart and mine. And us being willing to, to, to yield and to surrender to his control. If you want peace, you must surrender. Oh, you can keep battling it. You can keep fighting it tooth and nail. Or you can surrender and let Jesus Christ bring peace to your life. Would you pray with me? Loving Father, I thank you that all these years ago that you brought the host of heaven to announce the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, that he brings peace. Father, peace that passes all understanding. We don't even understand how this peace works. But Father, we know when we've experienced this peace. Father, we live in a world of conflict. We live in a world where there is no peace. We live in homes where there is no peace. Father, and the peace that we have is, is short-lived. It's not lasting like the peace that Jesus brings. Father, I pray today that we will receive the gift of God's Son and the peace that He brings. Father, I thank You for loving us I thank you for how you have blessed us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would quicken our hearts. Father, that your Holy Spirit, even now in this moment, would cut away the hardness of our hearts, the calluses that we've developed over years of doing things our way. But Father, that this morning, our meek souls will receive him still. Father, help us as we seek you this morning. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would have his way in our hearts. And God, we recognize that apart from you, we can do nothing. Guide us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You know, in this moment, our, our worship team is going to come and they're going to lead us in a song. And as they do, I offer this invitation to you.
Maybe you're not at peace inside. Maybe you've never given your heart, your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never opened up. Maybe there's areas of your heart that you've never given over to him. Peace floods the soul when Christ rules the heart. You have that opportunity this morning just to give it to him. Maybe you've never acknowledged him in a personal way. May today be your day of salvation. Maybe there's something that you're in conflict with others. See, we need Jesus in, to come into each one of these areas we need him for us to make peace with God. We need him for, for him to come in and for us to make peace with others. And we need him to come in and make peace with ourselves. So whatever God is leading you in, I invite you to come. There's going to be some people up here to pray with you. Maybe you just want to come and kneel and, 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 and give it to him. However he is leading you, would you do that this morning?